You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Hey, good morning. Welcome to our program. And today, if you're listening live right now, it is Christmas time. Merry Christmas. I hope that you enjoy time with your family or your friends. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, well, I hope that you're having a really warm, wonderful day. And I appreciate you being here. Really do. So thank you so much. Um, this is your show. It's all about real estate. We're, we're on here every single week. We bring on some pretty amazing people that can help us uh, understand the market, right? The market swings this way, that way, every way, <laughs> all the time. And it's always fun and uh, something different and new. And that's part of why I love real estate so much. Aside, of course, from being one of the, if not the, I'm sorry, I think the best asset you can have, right? Because it is something you can touch it. It's there. It's there. Nobody can take it from you. I mean, unless you don't pay your bills, I guess, right? But that's a whole nother thing. But uh, anyways, yeah, I, I don't know any other vehicle outside of real estate that gives you the security and, um, you know, in the long-term results as real estate can, whether it's commercial or residential. So um, it's a wonderful thing, right? And I'm so thankful to be here with you and to be involved in real estate, right? There's a million different career choices out there. And I thank God every day that um, that I was able to find something that I love so much that I'm able to connect with you, right? It's weird, man. When I, when I was a kid, I don't even know if I shared this before on the radio. I don't think so. When I was a kid, I used to actually like hang out with my cousins and my friends. And we used to have this fake like uh, news radio program, right? In our old tape decks, right? We had that old eighties, big set player, these big boom box thing, right? And you could, it had a record feature on there and I would work hard. I would like, you know, go out and, and mow people's lawns and all this stuff. And I was probably like eight or nine. That's when I started my first business. And, uh, and then I would go to Walgreens and I would go buy a cassette player, uh, a cassette tape, and I would put it in and I would start recording uh, what would be my first radio show. So funny. And then, you know, long behold, 20 some odd years later, I'm here on the radio starting out. And this was a, a, almost a decade ago. It's crazy. All right, cool. So uh, today, I'm going to get off that tangent. It's just wild, though, how things happen, right? So uh, today, I wanted to talk about um, houses on the market that aren't selling. Houses on the market that aren't selling, right? So if you have a home and your home is on the market and it's not selling, um, we're seeing a lot more of this happening right now, okay? We're seeing a lot more of it happen actually in the, the luxury price ranges, right? So homes, say, priced over a million dollars, um, seem to be sitting a lot longer than they have and also coming off of the market, right? There's several reasons for this, okay? And this, by the way, this can apply to all price ranges, right? So don't go turn off the, the dial if this doesn't apply to you because it does, right? So if your home is on the market and you're not getting the traffic that you had thought you should get in order to sell, or if your home is sitting, 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 and not selling, I'm going to go over the four reasons as to why that may be. And 
Um, and different things that you or your realtor may look at and assess to kind of hone it back in, right? Because these are the things that I assess, right? Let's say if you have a home that's on the market right now, or it came off the market, or it's about to come off the market, and you're looking to interview realtors um, to get it sold outside of who you had, um, you know, th th this is what I would be looking at, right? To diagnose what has happened here, right? I want to give you a prescription in the form of results, okay? So here's the deal. So here, here's what we look for, the, the four reasons. Number one, we start with location, okay? So I look at the situation. Every time I pull up to a home, I look at the house. And this is stuff, by the way, you can't always do from the internet, right? I, I need to see properties like firsthand, right? So I pull up, I look at the house, I look at the area, I drive through the neighborhood, I drive around the road if it's not in the neighborhood, and I just look and I see what's happening, right? And there are so many factors that go into valuing a home correctly and to making sure that the home is marketed correctly. And location is the number one most important part about real estate, right? Because you, I'm sure you're aware, if you have a home that is on a highway, right, you have cars driving by nonstop, let's say you're on Eddie Dowling Highway in North Smithfield, 146, you know, that home is going to be priced a lot differently than a home would be in out in the middle of a neighborhood, okay? Or if you have a house that's right across from a uh, industrial area, okay? That home is going to be priced different. Or if you have a home that is within, I, I think it's, I want to say 300 yards or 300 feet of um, any type of commercial gas or propane or oil tanks, okay? You cannot get FHA financing on there unless for some reason they, they change those restrictions. I highly doubt it. So FHA Rhode Island housing out, right? You can't get buyers on those, right? So there's a lot that goes into location and I've literally just touched maybe 1% of it. There's so much, okay? So location. So let's look, let's see what's happening. We can't control that at all, okay? But location is going to be a huge factor in if the property is selling or not. So um, if you can't change the location, then we're going to have to market it differently. So we'll go back to marketing after, right? So the next thing we got to look at is terms of the market. Now, terms of the market basically means what's the market doing? Where are prices? Where are interest rates? Can buyers get financing right now? Are the banks lending? Okay. So right now, the prices are still at the absolute highest that they were. Okay. And interest rates have more than doubled. Okay. So I was actually telling one of my clients yesterday, I said, listen, when we first spoke back in June, or I'm sorry, it was May. It was May. When we first spoke back in May, I believe interest rates were at like 4.25, 4.5. Now they're at like seven, seven and a half percent. Now here in December, and don't quote me, I'm not a mortgage originator, but that's kind of the general consensus, seven, seven and a half percent, right? Give or take. Sometimes you get in the sixes, but whatever. But so the payment for her specific home that she was selling went from $2,040 per month with 10% down on a mortgage, 30-year fixed, to $2,845. So that's $801 more. It's almost 10,000, right? Yeah, 10,000 plus more a year, okay, for that buyer that they would have to 
be qualified, I'm sorry, $9,612 more per year extra. That's a lot of money for people, right? That could throw their whole debt to income ratio out and that could make it less affordable. So now terms of the market right now mean that there's fewer buyers that are able to buy as high. Okay, never mind all of the buyers that were buying higher that can now buy lower that have different expectations of a home. That is something that is commonly uh, not understood or, or not thought of because when you have somebody that was looking at a house that had 500 more square feet that had, you know, a complete uh, updated kitchen, updated baths, all this, and now they're walking into a home that might be a little dated and 500 feet square feet smaller. It's a hard pill for them to swallow to think that they could have afforded something else and now they can afford um, that, right? So the homes tend to sit a little longer in that situation. Days on market collect, we're seeing this right now, okay? Condition of the property. So Condition of the property is another biggie, and this is all part of why a home does or does not sell. Now, simple things, we look like to look at simple things first, right? Because we don't want our clients spending a ton of money. We do not want you going in and replacing a kitchen, renovating a full-blown kitchen, because you're only going to get between 60, maybe a max of 70% return on investment. So it's a loss. It's a loss of 30% or so, right? You don't want that. So what we do is we go in and we just say, look, um, you know, sometimes it, a home doesn't sell because it's dirty. Sometimes a home doesn't sell because it's cluttered. Sometimes a home doesn't sell because it's not staged appropriately. So we bring the people in, the support in that can help you get it done. Some of our clients are in situations where they can't afford to get the home, you know, deep cleaned. Some of our clients are in a situation where they have just so much stuff that they collected over the years and they need somebody to help them go through it. Well, I've got a laundry list of professionals that are fantastic. They're fair. They'll work with you. They will get it done. If you need that list, you can go ahead and call me at 401-359-2338. Again, 401-359-2338. I got a great list of people that can help you out. So then we fix the condition. Maybe there's some chipping paint. Maybe the house needs a freshen up. Maybe all of your rooms are pink and today's buyers don't want pink rooms. They don't want fluorescent green rooms. So let's go in, paint a nice neutral color and stage the property with maybe what you already have. Keep your expenses down. Keep your, your investment good and keep your return on investment very good, right? There's a lot to it. Every home is different, but I want to give you a general consensus. And then finally, the last thing, right? Because there's there's about four things here, right? Location, terms of market condition, and now marketing, right? Now, what kind of marketing is, is being done for your home right now? I got to tell you, if you have in 2023, almost 2023, if you have somebody, a real estate agent going in, snapping camera phone photos of your home or anything outside of professional photos of your home, it does you a disservice. I don't care what type of condition your home is in. It's a disservice, okay? Because you have only a couple of seconds to appeal to buyers who are uh, looking on the market and your home needs to pop. Now, there's so many different ways to do this. Again, even homes that need work or homes that are you know, already turnkey, they deserve more than the least. Okay. So that's one of the big things. The next big thing we got to look at is where is this property being marketed? Is it being target marketed to the right type of buyer? 
a first time buyer is vastly different than somebody who's looking to buy their second home or vacation home, right? Completely different. Two different sets of life circumstances, two different parts of their life, right? The first time home buyer may not even have kids yet. The first time home buyer may be okay or may be happy going into what we call a condo alternative, a smaller one bed or two bed home, but you're not going to market that to people who are looking for vacation homes necessarily. Okay. So there's a lot that goes into marketing, where to put the property, how to market the property, the words, the remarks that you use. Okay. A lot that goes into that. And again, with marketing, I mean, this is this is like the Pandora's box here. I can we have so many different tools that we use as realtors. Never mind at, at Angle and Volkers, we've got an abundance of extra things that we can do to put your property in front of the world. Okay. Not only locally here in Rhode Island, not only regionally and nationally, but also globally. And that's a pretty good thing. You want to cast the widest net when you're selling a home and you will capture the most amount of buyers. All right, awesome. I'm Emilio Despirito. We have a fantastic show for you today. Today is our Christmas show. We've got a great show for you today, so stay tuned. We've got Kim Marion. She's a global advisor with us here at Engel and & Volkers, and she's going to be jumping on the show very, very soon. We'll be right back after these couple of moments. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Good morning. Welcome back to the program. I'm Emilio Despirito, and this is your show all about real estate. The ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the goods, the bads. We are talking about everything here uh, and all about, of course, real estate. So today we've got a special guest with us. Uh, we have Kim Marion. She is a global advisor here with us at Engel and Volkers. She's been in marketing and sales for over a combined 20 years, is in the top 4% of producing realtors here in Rhode Island, and ranks nationally amongst the tops. Uh, she's won several industry awards and she is known for really going out of her way to take care of her clients. She is a tried and true advisor. We're lucky to have us here with us today. We're lucky to have her here with us today. Kim, welcome to the program. Good morning, Amelia. Thank you so much for inviting me on. The pleasure is mine, Kim. You know, and we're talking about different things we could help educate our audience on. And one of the things I know this is a passion for you is five ways to build wealth with real estate. There's so many different ways to build wealth with real estate, but you broke it down for us today with five different things we could do. So I'm going to go ahead and let you take it from there. Thank you so much. And uh, don't bother taking notes because if anyone is interested, I do have a little one sheet that I can send out and I'm sure Emilio can let you know where to find me at some point here during the show. So Perfect. one of the things that people, I think they don't think about Emilio when they think about real estate is what it means for families and communities and real estate ownership of real estate makes healthier families actually healthier children, mental health and physical health. It's better for neighborhoods, it lowers crime rates, um, better for school systems. It's all part of that pride of ownership and that community that's built when you own something and, you re and you're a resident, as mm -hmm. opposed to like a transient rental community. So I like to help people think about ways they can get involved in ownership 
for that pride, but also for their own financial security. Families that own real estate have longer wealth um, throughout the whole generation of their of their families going forward. So, um, you know, Kim, I, about a year ago, I heard a stat. It was actually two years ago. So since then, it's only increased that the average homeowner is worth one hundred ninety seven thousand dollars versus the average renter, which is has a net worth of five thousand dollars. That amazing, and it has yeah. risen. You're absolutely right. The last couple of years of increased real estate values have made even um, even a single, you know, a tiny little homeowner of one hundred and fifty thousand or two hundred and fifty thousand dollar property. They're going to build wealth, generational wealth. It's it's incredible. Mm-hmm. So um, I was thinking about ways that to get into real estate that are, you know, uh, what's the safest and what's the riskiest. And uh, we can start with some of the sort of safer um, real estate investments. Um, for instance, a real estate investment trust. Mm-hmm. Where, a REIT. Uh, a REIT, exactly. A real estate, when I first heard that term, I had to look it up <laughs> a while ago, but for people just getting involved, a real estate investment trust, you buy a little piece of something profitable and it's an easy way to get involved in real estate. And there are multiple investors in this one property and you take um, smaller, but still beneficial. You're a part owner and you get proceeds from a real estate investment trust. That could be as small as $1,000 uh, of, of your output. And then you end up over time, you know, getting profits back, getting profits back. You certainly won't earn your investment back and then take that other money and invest it other ways, maybe in more real estate or or whatever, you know, stocks and bonds, if you find mm-hmm. that fascinating. Um, so a real estate investment um, a REIT is one way to invest in real estate. People always think about, well, maybe I can um, I can buy a multi. And of course, a multi is a great idea. A multifamily home, maybe um, you can get a two-family multi and yeah. a buyer needs, you know, you need, you need a down payment, but if you have good credit and some kind of a down payment, and if you're a first-time home buyer, you know, you may be able to get your first multifamily live on one side and have your renter paying your rent. So that is a pretty straightforward way to own real estate, build generational wealth. Yes. Right. And then buy maybe other property. One other thing too, here in Rhode Island, we have Rhode Island housing. So if you use Rhode Island housing, you can get a hundred percent financing, meaning zero dollars down. And we can even have it where you pay zero dollars in closing costs in some situations. So literally what other investment as powerful as real estate can you get for zero dollars out of your pocket? Zero dollars out of your pocket and over the long term, you know this, Emilio, real estate always increases in value. It appreciates. People have bought and anytime really before 2019, their real estate values have gone up exponentially. Now, that was an isolated the pandemic created an isolated incident, but yeah. over the time of of history, real estate always appreciates in value. So if you can buy low and sell high, that works. And that leads me to my next idea, which of course would be if you can flip a real estate property. So you can mm-hmm. buy something that's distressed. Now, if you have the skills to repair and renovate and flip it, fantastic. But even if you don't, you could be um, a middleman wholesaling a purchase. So you can buy something that's distressed because you know you have an investor or you know you can flip it 
flip it quickly and for more money. So not even investing any money in that property and you can turn it around for a little bit more money. And that's a fast flip. You'd want to turn that around quickly. But the slower flip, you know, you, you've probably done this yourself, Emilio, knowing you and how involved you are in real estate. You oh, find yeah. a great deal and you see the neighborhood is, is up and coming. You buy it, you do a little work on it. Maybe you keep it for a couple of years and you resell it a few years later for $50,000, dollars more and you've made a profit on there. Then you can, you, maybe this is on your list, so I don't want to cut ahead, but then you can use a 1031 exchange in that situation by a like property. Uh, that wasn't on my list because I didn't know how much time we had, but but yeah, finish that thought. So, well, so so uh, like what Kim was saying, if you hold the property and do a long-term flip on it, so you wait a couple of years or and, and flip it, boom, then you can do a 1031 exchange and you can take that money out and you can buy a property of equal or higher value, which is of a like property. So basically, if it's a, a single family, you can take the money out of there and you can buy a multifamily with it. Or maybe you take the proceeds out and you can buy two multifamilies or three or whatever. You just put it all in your down payment. So um, it's good, good stuff to know. Yeah, so all of these... All of these ideas, and there's so many more, are going to give you cash flow. They're going to give you cash benefits. They're going to give you tax benefits. Um, you will be able to build your family's wealth and create security for your family, which is amazing. If you think about what you said earlier, Emilio, is having an interest-free loan yeah. and then owning this property, building it up, keeping it for a period of time where it increases in value and maybe buying a second with the um, appreciation yep. from the property. So you take your increase in value and you roll that into maybe another property. And all yes. of a sudden, you know, you've become a little bit of a, a mini real estate mogul. And as you learn, you'll learn the best ways to parlay your money into um, a future investment for yourself and for your family. And as you go, you're going to learn more and more. Agreed. Um, great to have a real estate agent to help you. And especially in neighborhoods to figure out, you know, where is my best investment? Do you know this neighborhood? You know, what's coming? I keep talking about New Bedford. It's going to be a really exciting, you know, the train's coming there and that's just yep. going to increase traffic. It's going to give people more um, ability to, to live there, but get to Boston and other places and property values are going to rise. So that's an area where I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of um, opportunity. I agree with you 100% there and and finding those those locations is really key. Somebody like you, you're tapped into the market, you know what's happening, you know what's up and coming, you know the signs of those areas because you've seen it before. And one other thing just just to go back about a minute or so ago, you were talking about how if you take that home that you bought for $0 down, 0 uh 0 um you know, uh, into that property, right? You wait a couple of years. You can you can either keep that property and have a cash flow, and then go out and buy another home with as little as three and a half percent down using FHA because of your principal residence. While you have that other property in the background making you money every month, or like you said, you could parlay that. But because you lived there, as long as you do it within five years of the purchase, you can actually sell that property, take all of those proceeds out go buy another property tax-free up to $250,000 in proceeds tax-free if you're single, $500,000 if you're married. So these are- uh, It's a lot of information, but if you live two out of the five years, you have so many options and it is worth uh, waiting two years, absolutely, for the tax benefits. So yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we've got we've got the REIT, the Real Estate Investment Trust. We've got um, to, uh, the multifamilies, flips, uh, and then we have what was the other one? I was wholesaling. I, I was saying, you know, you can be a middleman. You can buy it quickly and have an investor that's on the side ready waiting for you to see you know investor says find me three properties in this area in this price range and you're out looking for those all the time and in real estate once you start getting into it and you start talking to people and they realize it's an interest of yours and that you're a real buyer and that you have investors you just it's funny you start putting your your mind in a direction and things come to you so people say oh i know that um, emilio is working with a buyer an investor or kim's got an investor that's looking for something like this. And next thing you know, you get a call, hey, I've got this property. So you can sort of just wholesale that, put the money out front, and then your investor will buy that property from you and you'll get the you'll get that money in between, that profit in between from what you bought it for and what you sold it to your investor for. Absolutely. Solid point. Yeah. And then what's uh so we got wholesale, what's our last one? Crowdfunding. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear about this. I don't know a lot about crowdfunding. Well, it's a, it's a little bit riskier because, you okay. know, crowdfunding, if you have, you you know, you say you invent a pen that writes upside down, you know, you, you put it out there and people say, that's a great idea. I'm going to invest in your, your pen that writes upside down. Well, I guess you can do some crowdfunding. I personally have not done any crowdfunding, but when I was researching this, I yeah. thought it was fascinating. You, um, you, so you will pool in with other investors to buy a property. Ultimately, you end up similar to a REIT, Real Estate yeah. Investment Trust. You will be a part owner in a property and and get the proceeds that that property generates. And I think that this one requires a little more um, a little more care because you need to thoroughly research who your other investors are and the property. But it is an option that's out there for people that don't want to say put out a huge purchase or hundred thousand or two hundred or, or a million, whatever it is. If you want to do a smaller investment and you want to try something new, uh, crowdfunding, real estate purchase is an interesting um, opportunity that's out there too. And that that's also called a syndication, I believe, right? Yeah, I haven't done this, so I mean, yeah. this is one thing that I can't I can't dig into a hundred percent. But it's an, it's a real option that people are making a profit with crowdfunding. Sure is. No, that can be a smart a smart option too, depending on you know who you're working with. And and I agree. And it's one of those things, right? When you're doing this and you're building a reputation of finding and sourcing the right the right projects that are giving people the good returns, you're gonna do very, very, very well in this right. business. It's great cool. stuff. You know what? If you have any questions at all for Kim, she is a, a, a really great professional. She's a global advisor here at Engel & Volker. She knows the business inside and out. Regardless, if you're looking to build your wealth in real estate, you're looking to buy a second home, a vacation home, an equestrian property, whatever it is, Kim specializes in all of those facets. And you can call her direct at 401 692 1644 Again, 401 6921644 let her know you heard it here on the Spirito team real estate show kim thank you so much fabulous segment great information would love to have you come back on here again awesome stuff it is uh sunday december 25th and uh we'll be right back here with mike auger from patriot home inspections this is the Spirito team real estate show powered by engel and volkers 
Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. How's everybody doing today? This is Mike with Patriot Property Inspections. We're going to talk about flip houses, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, all the time we're talking to customers and we see weird things in houses and they're like, oh, you guys must see everything out there. And we do. We see all kinds of crazy stuff. We see all kinds of stuff that's broken or fixed improperly or whatever. And a lot of it is stuff that we find in flip houses. So today we're going to discuss flip houses and we're going to talk about what a flip house is and give you some ideas as to uh, how they can be good, even though they kind of have a bad reputation. So let's start. What, what is a flip house? An investor buys. Usually that's in some sort of distress and bad condition, run down, whatever. They buy it for a low price, knowing that they're going to fix it up, do some renovations, increase the property value, and then sell it for a profit. It's that simple. But there are two kinds of flips. Let's start with the good. Yes, some flips are good houses. Why are they appealing? I mean, if the job done right, a good flipper is going to go through and going to look at the entire house and they're going to decide what it needs. And what they're basically trying to do is put a like new house out there. So with a, with a flipper that's doing a good job, you, you can buy a house and you can expect things like maybe a new roof, a water heater. Some of them replace the windows. Almost all of them are going to renovate kitchen cabinets, oftentimes with granite or quartz countertops, new modernized fixtures. Same thing in the bathroom. You're going to get a renovated bathroom. And then on the rest of the interior, they're going to put new floors down. Or around here, they do a lot of refinishing of the hardwood floors because some of those old floors are beautiful. And they're like new again, and you're going to get new paint and everything. Basically, into a house that's totally move-in ready without the project to handle and everything's in good shape and really because everything is fairly new you don't really have a lot coming due in the near future this is a great way to ease into owning a new home the guys out there that are doing a fine job really do it right this can be a great buyers the guys that are doing things this way are gonna um even address deficiencies that come up to home inspection so guys that are out there trying to put good houses together, when we go through and inspect for the customer, when we find issues, for the most part, they're pretty willing to just take care of it, and it makes the transaction nice and easy. Another thing that's great about a flip house that's at the top of your price point, and let's face it, with the uh, housing market the way it is, probably everybody is, um, a lot of people have a ton of money in their budget to buy a house and then take on some projects immediately afterwards. These are houses that generally don't have that. We did one of these this week. This house was 100 years old, but it was very nice. Everything in it was new. There were a couple small things that the uh, customer's really happy. They're getting a nice house to move into, and uh, there's nothing to do. They just take your stuff, put it in there, boom, have a good holiday. Now we're going to talk about the juicy ones. Let's talk about the bad and the ugly. These type of flips are the, the, the reason that people are, they give the word flip house a notorious reputation. When you think of these kind of houses, you, you, you think of a list, shoddy craftsmanship, floppy finish work, corners being cut, damage or, or defects that are hidden, unsafe conditions in the house, code violations, structural issues. Basically, you're thinking of a money pit. Those items that you think of is understandable. Who are what I call the fast flip guys. They're going to dress up the house, but a lot of times there's a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of work that's done really quickly. They try to just cover things up rather than get to the root of some of the causes and fix them. 
paint doesn't fix everything, folks. These guys are basically about getting the house cheap, doing nothing yet to that unsuspecting buyer for a quick buck. And what they're kind of hoping for is that the emotions of you at a nice house and getting into a new house and, and maybe owning your first home kind of make you overlook some of the warts. Now, these guys could be shady guys that are intentionally scammers, or they could just be less experienced contract people that are new flipping. You see all these houses, uh, you see all these shows on cable about flipping houses, and people are like, oh, that's a great way to make money. I could do that. And they kind of get in over their head. Or somebody that bought a house that was in distress and maybe, uh, maybe underestimated the amount of repairs that it needs, and then they felt like they had to skip things or cut corners. So these houses, maybe they do granite countertops in and everything you can see from the street nice. But as Winston Wolf said, once you get to the home inspection and beyond the walkthrough, the subterfuge will not last. Some of these flippers, they just do bad work, and we see code issues. We, we feel like either they don't know how to do the work right or they don't care to do it right, especially, again, because some of these guys have a tendency to cover stuff up or uh, cover stuff up or hide things. These houses can be tricky, and these houses can be a problem, so you've got to be careful looking at flip houses. When deficiencies come up on the inspection, a lot of these guys may agree to fix items, but if we go to the house, find a lot of examples of bad work. Are these the guys that you want doing more work on your house? I would say probably not. So then you think, well, I won't have them fix any stuff, but what we find, we can lower the price a little bit, and then I'll just take on the objects uh, after I own the house. These ones are really tricky. These are, these are the ones that is super important that you get a good quality home inspector in there before you uh, finish your transaction. Now, most flippers are not super OCD contractors who are going to go through there and basically are not bottom feeders that are going to just basically paint a house that's falling down and, and basically a bunch of termites holding hands and try to sell it to you. Most of them are somewhere in the middle. They're going to do decent work. Perhaps they're going to renovate the kitchen and the bathroom, put some new paint, fix some doors, windows, things like that. But they don't actually go through the whole house. So these ones, you might find good work in the area of their renovation, but they may not look at the heating system, and they may not go up into the attic. They might not look for things like termites or mold. So there could be items still lurking that are still problematic for the new buyer, but they're not intentionally skipped or hidden. They're just not within the scope of this flipper's renovation. Um, still... Not 100% moving ready. And again, if the numbers work, it can still be a good buy for you if you're willing to take on some of those projects after closing. Unfortunately, there are a lot more of the second two than there are the first one. But again, with your real estate agent crunching all the numbers, either type of house can still be a good value, even if it can, can vary drastically. Now, I know what you're thinking when you're listening to the radio. Mike, this is great information. The elephant in the room is this. I don't know if it's the good or if it's the bad and the ugly. The truth is, many home buyers and even an experienced real estate agent may not be able to tell during the walkthrough or the showing or the open house. I can tell you there are telltale signs. There's a lot of signs where we can tell that corners are cut. We can tell people are trying to hide deficiencies and cover things up. I'm not about to list them all on the air. I don't want a flipper who's listening to the show to get the playbook and make my job more difficult down the road, but trust me, there are signs out there where we can tell that they're trying to hide stuff. So it's important that you do an inspection house, and it is what it appears to be. Great. Maybe you got the good. 
if we look at a house and do the inspection on it, and it's kind of a spray and pay paint job, uh, lipstick on a pig type of thing, for a buyer who's savvy and can negotiate around that, uh, it can still be a good deal, but it still might be one of the bad or the ugly ones until you do a full home inspection. But when you're looking at houses and going through the open house and the walkthroughs and everything, I got a couple of tips, a couple of things that can kind of give you an idea of what to expect in the future. A few signs that it could be one of the good ones. Did they pull permits? Are they basically putting that right out there in the mechanicals, like the heating and the water heater and the, the pipes? I mean, does that all look new and neat and, and shiny? It looks nice and neat. There's a better chance that the contractor knew what they were doing. If you look at it and you start looking at some of the wood, and there's a lot of wood filler and caulking just kind of paints it over, and it looks all bumpy and everything like that, or the, the pipes, when you look at the pipes all over the place, and it looks like Dr. Seuss did the plumbing sloppy. Those are signs that maybe the contract wasn't as good and doesn't know how to do it neatly. Trust me, guys that do it right do it neat because they're proud of their work. And guys that don't do it neatly, it's probably because they don't, they don't know how to, and that could be a sign of maybe one of the bad or the ugly houses. When it comes to the quality of the house and the fair market price and all that, we don't really get into that. We just give our customer the condition of the house. Let them know what everything is, what condition it's in, and we try to estimate what the lifespan might be of some of the items so that the owner can move into the house and kind of have a, a plan for the, uh, for the short and intermediate future. If you have more questions about flip houses or any houses or what we do, you can always look us up online. Our web uh, site is www.homeinspectorri.com, or you can call us directly at 401-578-FLIPHOUSES. Some are good, some are bad and ugly, but there's a right place for all of them. This is Mike with Patriot. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. So you can see. All right, we are here with Jennifer Jaber of riblogger.com, and we're going to be talking about the top five events happening here in Rhode Island. Jennifer, it's all yours. Thank you. Um, we have some family events and some New Year's Eve events. To start, uh, Disney on Ice presents Into the Magic at the Amica Mutual Pavilion in Providence until January 2nd. Um, Into the Magic takes families into a high sea adventure as Moana sets sail on a life-changing journey um, with her guest Maui to save her island. Um, you'll also journey across the Marigold Bridge with Miguel from Coco, who's like one of my favorite characters. Um, you get to go into the mystical land of the dead. And there'll also be scenes from Beauty and the Beast, Frozen, Rapunzel, and Brave Heroes. Um, so any, you know, any of those Disney characters you can expect to see. And they will all be on ice. Awesome. Um, Saturday, December 31st is the annual family New Year's Eve party at the United States of America from 530 to 9:30. Um, you can skate, meet Pikachu, enjoy a New Year's Eve countdown, confetti, a dance party that starts at 9 p.m. Um, admission is only $16.99 and includes roller skate rental, all-you-can-eat pizza, a soda, game tokens, um, a game of laser tag, and free coffee for adults a countdown, noisemakers, and photo opportunities. And if you're a non-skating adult, it's only $10. You can, this one sounds good if you want to get to bed early, too. You can ring in the New Year's Irish style at McBride's Pub in 
um, Providence from 4.30 to 7.30 on December 31st. They'll be doing the countdown um, with their special friends from Ireland. So the countdown's at 7 p.m. because there's a five-hour time difference. So that's actually midnight in Ireland. Um, there'll be noisemakers, champagne, toasts, and tons of fun included. Um, go early if you want to get a seat because they fill up quickly. And there'll be live music from 4.30 to 7.30. Uh, one of my favorite places, you can spend New Year's Eve at the G-Pub in Providence um, at 9 p.m. The ultimate party goes from 9 p.m. to 2 a.m., um, upon entering, partygoers will receive a complimentary glass of champagne to celebrate. Um, stay and dance the night away with music by DJ Justin DuPont. Um, guests will have a chance to win epic prizes. There'll be a special a la carte dinner menu and tables for dinner service until 11 p.m. You can get the complete details at gpubrestaurant.com slash Providence. And last but not least, if you're a plunger, Sunday, January 1st, is the Penguin Plunge at Roger Wheeler State Beach at 12 p.m. The Penguin Plunge is for the Special Olympics, and it's one of the original New Year's Day plunges. Um, all participants raise funds to plunge into the chilly waters. There'll be a large plunge at noon, followed by a family-friendly plunge at 1230, and you can also plunge on your own if you prefer, and participants are encouraged to raise a minimum of $25 per person. So it's a great way to start the new year and also for a great cause. Wow. And, you know, it's so it's a big thing right now, these ice baths and people jumping in cold water and oh, cold yeah. showers. And, oh, man. Yeah. Wow. That's that's pretty amazing. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being here with us uh, every single Sunday and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas and happy almost new year. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good stuff. Thank you so much, Jen. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Merry Christmas. All right. Thank you too. Great show today. I would like to thank Andrew, our producer. I would like to thank um, Jennifer Jaber of riblogger.com, Mike Auger of Patriot Home Inspections, homeinspectorri.com, and Kim Marion, global advisor here with us at Engel and Bulkers. Also, Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage, who couldn't be here with us today. Uh, Matt is unfortunately out sick, but we wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. Um, very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. God bless you. And I hope you're enjoying time with your family uh, or and or I hope you have a very, very stuffing meal in the next uh, hour or two. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. And we'll see you later. I'm Emilio Despirito with the Despirito Team Real Estate Show here on News Radio 920, 1047 FM. Signing off. God bless you. Merry Christmas. <laughs>